Welcome to the Take the Cake podcast. I am your host, Kate Noel, and I am so happy you're here. My mission is to inspire you to be the best version of yourself by truly honoring what your mind, body, and soul want and need. Here, we talk about everything and anything, wellness, recovery, lifestyle stuff, lots more. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, beauties. Welcome back to the Take the Cake podcast. This week, I'm going to be doing an episode on counting calories and calories in general, and this is going to be a two-parter. So part one this week is going to be kind of like the science, the facts, not all of it's science, but a lot of it is about why it doesn't work and why it doesn't equal sustainable weight loss and sustainable health, and basically all the reasons why you should consider letting go of the calorie counting um, if you are currently calorie counting. It's addictive. I think I've done an episode on calorie counting already, but it's really an addictive and uh, control-based perfectionism habit that I know is really hard to break because I personally was a calorie counter as well. I calorie counted every single day for like 450 days in a row once, and it was kind of a wake-up call for me. It was a, it was pretty embarrassing. I used to hide my phone from people while I was counting calories. I used to do it in the fitness pal or whatever, and I used to do it just even in my head. And it takes a major unlearning and unconditioning to really get ourselves to a place where we can stop counting, even if it feels kind of subconscious. I, I totally understand. So this week is going to be why calorie counting doesn't always equal weight loss, why you should stop the science, like I mentioned, and next week's episode is going to be all about how to stop, like what to do instead, and my approach, I would say, to stopping counting calories. Obviously, it's based on your own individual life, (laughs) but yeah, really excited about this episode. I hope it's insightful for you, and just know that you're not alone. And you can 1,000% stop counting calories and stop equating uh, low-calorie diets or just even like knowing, even if it's not low-calorie, just having a number, having that quote magic number, why that's problematic and why you should let go of that. So I want to start with, obviously, it doesn't help that nowadays calories are listed basically everywhere. I mean, you go to fast food restaurants, you go to regular restaurants, you look at, you you know, packaged food and the calorie count on the little label, well, it's a big label actually, is huge. It's like the biggest thing. And so it's obviously like made to seem very important to the consumer. And I think that's problematic because there are there's so much more to food than numbers and something that i understand why it might feel helpful to have you know calorie labels at mcdonald's or calorie labels at whatever place or have them really big on, on the box it's not that's not what i deem important about food you know you are essentially trusting in a number trusting in kind of floppy research and saying to yourself this is i have to have the same amount of calories every day i have to this it dictates your life in a way not only that but this is a fun fact the fda has proven has said that calorie counts can be up to 20 percent off and they can still pass so they could be over 20 percent under 20 percent 
And it kind of makes sense because sometimes, you know, you'll look at a certain brand of food and like that will be the exact same amount of calories as another brand of food. And you're like, how is that even possible? And that's because there's a 20% margin of error. So thinking about that even is kind of gross because all of a sudden your core beliefs and like this, this belief that you have to ha- like maintain this certain number of calories in order to you know, be yourself and like live a happy life and be loved and have the perfect body is kind of shattered. And so let's chat, let's chat about it. Those were just, you know, a couple little brief introduction thoughts to think about. Number one, and this is kind of an umbrella. So this is kind of every single thing I'm going to say after this depends on this one fact, which is when you count calories, when you restrict your calories, when you restrict your food, you are slowing your metabolism down. And you are essentially putting your body in a survival response. You don't have to be underweight to be in a survival response. It doesn't matter. Anytime you restrict your food or calories, and when I'm talking calories here, I'm not really going to throw out any numbers, but I will say it is alarming how low the standard is. Like I remember 1200 was the standard for a while, then all of a sudden it was 1500 and now it's like even 2000. Like that is all way, way, way too low. I don't personally count my calories, but there is absolutely 0% chance that I am eating under 2,500 calories a day, I would say. So our bodies need a lot more than we give them credit for. I mean, we have so many systems in our body that requires raw materials to function. And when we deprive ourselves of those materials, our bodies will go into a survival response. Our metabolism will slow. That can look like your heart rate slowing down. That can look like you losing your period, your thyroid function slowing down. You can, that looks like weight loss resistance. That looks like being obsessed with food, thinking about food all the time, that also looks like your production levels going down, brain fog, like basically any symptom is a slowed metabolism. It's ironic because in the diet culture world and the, the kind of the fake wellness world, we're obsessed with having high metabolisms. And we think that we get that by restricting, but it's actually very opposite. The way that you are able to have a high functioning metabolism is by eating. And usually, always, it's by eating enough and it's really listening to your body, resting enough, like not going overboard in the gym or with whatever your movement is and really resting and your body actually trusting you again. So like our bodies quite literally think we are in a food shortage. So physiological changes in our body occur as a compensatory method. So we actually hold on to weight, we store extra body fat, especially near our vital organs, which is like also known as like the little pooch that a lot of people want to end up, you know, getting rid of. We don't build muscle because muscles are very metabolic tissue. So we lose muscle, we don't build it. And our general capacity to burn calories actually lowers and lowers and lowers. So that's just something to think about anytime you're restricting your calories and um, counting them even. It's actually just slowing your metabolism down, especially Because I imagine most of the time your hunger signals and fullness signals aren't actually really in check. That's another point that I'll touch on more down below. But okay, so another thing that happens 
like I mentioned, is hormonal deregulation. And this means, like I mentioned, losing your period. It means your thyroid function gets out of whack. You might have dry skin. You might not be sleeping well. You might just have brain fog, tired all the time. You also have less desire to move in general. So your physical activity declines because you just, your body knows it's really smart. So it knows that you don't have any extra calories per se or any extra energy to even consider moving more. So you actually just don't have the motivation to get up and go work out, go move, go for a walk. A lot of people say, how do you find the motivation to work out? And if you don't have the motivation, that typically means that you should be resting in a way. Like, of course, I I believe that creating healthy habits is has to be intentional and sometimes you have to challenge yourself. But if you are really tired, you're really exhausted and you don't have, quote, willpower or motivation to hit the gym, it's okay. That is a sure sign that your body isn't able to. And listening to that stillness and, and listening to that slowness is actually what will take you really far. And I think within that slowness, you might find okay, I'm actually not eating enough. I'm actually way too stressed. I'm not eating enough. And my body just doesn't have, you know, it's not recovered enough. I don't have enough recovery that my body will trust me. And and understanding and trusting the process that you will have a desire to move your body and become physically active when you do, like at some point in your life, it's just about finding that balance and getting your body to trust you again. Another thing that happens is you actually have less non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which is the acronym is NEAT. And that basically studies have shown that when you restrict your calories, count your calories, you don't fidget. Like it's like these little fidgety, these little twitchy movements, like shaking your leg and they kind of add up throughout the day. So that's what the NEAT, that's what that movement is. And that can also become a lot lower. Like you're just kind of more sluggish and you're not really moving. You don't have the energy like in your cells. And you know when you can like feel energy in like your fingers and in your limbs? Like you don't have any of that. Um, Also your BMR lowers. So your basal metabolic rate lowers. Like I mentioned, just your ability, like the lower you go calorie counting wise, like let's say, because right, like we don't, That's the goal. The goal isn't to say like, okay, I'm always going to have 1,500 calories for the rest of my life. Calorie counting is a false sense of control. So if your body is sitting at 1,500 calories a day and you're not seeing any more change, like that's what happens. You count your calories, your body might change. You might lose the weight you want to lose or whatever happens, happens. And then you plateau because your metabolism is now destroyed. And now your body is in, like I mentioned, survival response, fight or flight mode, and your your set weight point just continues to rise. So then you have to lower your calories more just to either lose more or maintain even what you got, the body, the weight you got initially. So it's an endless cycle. So every single time you restrict, every single day you restrict your calories, you are lowering your basal metabolic rate. And you're actually lowering the amount of calories you need to survive. Like, let's say you go, 
calorie count and just go lower and lower and lower throughout your life, like eventually you're going to need significantly less calories to function. I mean, you won't be functioning in the same way. Just to survive though, you'll need less calories because your body adapts because you are meant to be alive. Spoiler alert, you're meant to be alive. Your life has purpose and reason and you, your body does not want to die. So it will do everything in its power to maintain your life until you start listening to life and, you know, start recovery, (laughs) essentially. So another interesting thing about um, calorie restricting is that another hormone that gets out of balance is actually our cortisol. So we can release too much cortisol. I think we all know what that feels like. It feels like stress. And if you're chronically releasing too much cortisol, if you're in chronic stress response, This can lead to depression, anxiety. It actually leads to increased risk of just developing like bulimia and anorexia, panic attacks, cognitive impairment, insomnia, amenorrhea, bone loss, um, decreased immune function. Like you'll get sick. You're going to get sick so much more. Like your skin will break out more just because your immune system is lower, decreased functioning of your intestinal tract, your intestines literally slow down. And I think I can speak for the majority of us that say when we come from a restrictive background and we start incorporating food again, we are constipated because our intestines are slow and they need time and they need that food. And we kind of have to sit with that discomfort and that reminder that, okay, we cannot go back here because this will equal extreme constipation in the future just to get our bodies, just to get moving in the bathroom again. So another thing I want to mention, how are we doing here? Are we taking notes? I know this is a lot, but stick with me. Another thing that happens is that we actually have a pleasure center in our brain. And when that isn't satisfied, like even if you're consuming enough calories, for example, like worth of sweet treats, like do you guys remember if you're, if it fits your macros? so toxic to me. That's like macro counting. And I think a lot of those people end up eating very like low quality foods, which I don't have anything against low quality food per se, but it seemed like it was very off balance where people were either eating a lot of really desserty, sweet, overly processed foods and or they were eating fiber-rich foods that were not necessarily calorically dense, but were like, you know, the rice cakes or something that didn't have a lot of nutritional value. It was just like they needed to have that cathartic feeling of chewing. So anyways, our pleasure center in our brain, is there's a part of it that needs that satisfaction from food. That is innate in our life. That is our birthright to be satisfied with food. So if you're not experiencing satisfaction through your food, you're actually missing something crucial to your life and you'll find yourself wanting to binge. You'll find yourself feeling guilty about food. Like it's kind of like if you're not satisfying that pleasure in your daily life through food that makes you feel good and food that tastes good, there's going to be something missing. And I think calorie counting plays into that because typically we are focused on the calories or the macros and we're so focused on that that we're not actually able to know if the food tastes good, feels good, 
And, you know, we can only do so much. So it's almost like a distraction. Like if you, if you have numbers attached to food, you're really masking the key parts of it that might taste or feel good in your body. So key nutrients and nutrient dense foods and in pleasurable, like more sweet treats or more like fun foods are both really important. And the pleasure center is activated through eating all types of foods. So sometimes it feels amazing to eat a bowl of rice and eggs. Sometimes it feels amazing to eat a salad. Sometimes it feels amazing to eat cake. And that's what I'm talking about. And that's what you can't access when you are calorie counting most likely. Another thing is that calorie counting is not sustainable and it can cause us to binge eat or yo-yo diet or one day we count calories, then then the weekend we just have like, quote, cheat day or whatever. And studies have shown that long-term, doing this long-term may increase in insulin resistance. And that's not great because that's a whole other slew of just issues that can happen. Another example of why I don't think calorie counting is wise and leads to health or necessarily long-term weight loss is because, I mean, this is my experience, this is anecdotal, but when I was counting my calories, I was really like looking for foods in the supermarkets that had clear calorie labels. So instead of going for nutrient-dense foods like apples or produce in general or like rice or like something that didn't necessarily have the calorie label on it, I was choosing the, you know, low-calorie packs and like the low-calorie yogurts, for example. And that meant I was, you know, choosing foods that were more likely to be processed and not only processed a little bit, but ultra processed. Like they are hundred calorie packs for a reason. And the yogurt has added gums and sugars and all this other stuff just to make it so that it is able to, you know, have that low calorie label, which of course we know that eating too many processed foods doesn't necessarily lead to long-term health. So that's another thing to consider. Another thing I would like to say is that when it comes to calories, you're not actually absorbing the same amount of calories that you might think you are. Like, let's say you eat something that is 300 calories you might not be absorbing all those calories because of the amount of fiber, your gut microbiome, your state of stress. If you're chronic calorie restricting, your body will absorb more calories. So I do want to mention that, like for me, I'm at a healthy weight and my metabolism is healthy for my body. So when I consume something, my body will extract exactly what it needs from that food. And I might not absorb... 100% of the calories or 100% of the nutrients. Whereas typically if you're in a restricted state, you are absorbing those calories and your body will hold on to that food, aka constipation, slow metabolism, feeling heavy in your stomach. Your body will hold on to what it can hold on to and it will utilize it all. So that's something to keep in mind. Our body's needs are constantly changing. That's another thing. Like, what about our cycle? What about how much we're sleeping? What about our financial health, our social health? What about 
like, yeah, calorie counting at a restaurant, that's so hard. It's so difficult. And it just takes you out of the present moment, which of course we don't want to do. And that puts us in a stress response. And if we're in a stress response, like I mentioned, even if we're not restricting every day, even calorie counting in itself, even if you're on day one of calorie counting, you are in a stress response. And being in a stress response means your body will hold on to whatever it needs to hold on to. The last thing I want to mention is that when we calorie count, when we restrict, when we're chronically depleted, our hunger and fullness hormones, which are ghrelin and leptin, are dysregulated. So ghrelin is your hunger hormone and leptin is your fullness hormone. That's a very generic blanket term of what they do. But basically, when you're calorie restricting, when you're in a stress response, your body's like, I know what can help me get out of the stress response, food, more food nutrients. So ghrelin, your hunger hormone increases a lot. And then leptin, your fullness hormone decreases. So that's where a lot of people who are in recovery actually experience something called extreme hunger, where they are constantly feeling hungry. Even if they physically feel full in their stomach, they still have the sensation of hunger. The solution to that is eating or at least being open to eating. And sitting through the discomfort, honestly, which doesn't sound very sexy because it's not, but that's something else that happens. And I think a lot of people end up stuck in that mindset where they say to themselves, well, I know that in this state of my life, like they kind of get used to the, the increase of ghrelin is what I'm trying to say. So you think that for the rest of your life, you're constantly going to be hungry and you're just going to gain weight, gain weight. You're just going to eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. And the reality is eventually your ghrelin and your leptin will regulate and you will have a healthy appetite and natural appetite that is suitable for you and you'll be able to live your life without calorie counting and without restricting and without over-exercising or whatever you're doing. You'll be able to maintain your weight and have a healthy metabolism without trying to do it, Is that if that makes sense. Like, Eating disorders and calorie counting and diet culture and overexercise culture are all manipulation. And like, let's just say you go on a vacation when you're restricting. If you eat and eat and eat and just like love your vacation and have an amazing time, but you're in a state of restriction before, like you're in a state of depletion, you your body will gain weight. But let's say you have a healthy metabolism, you eat normally, you eat intuitively, um, you have balance in your life. If you go on a vacation and eat the same amount of food as the person who's in their eating disorder might eat, you won't gain the weight. You'll Your body will regulate. Your body has an amazing capacity and we just really cut ourselves short and have so much distrust in where our bodies will take us. And I think that with calorie counting, it's a lot of surrender and I really hope that this <laughs> was insightful for you. Um, basically, you can't treat yourself and like hack your food and your body's basic needs. So yeah, I hope that this was helpful. I know this was a lot of information. So I'm thinking of making like a little reel kind of summing it all up. But let me know if you like this episode. I would love for you to leave me a rating and a review if it aligns. That really helps me so much and it just makes my day so thank you all so much for listening for tuning in i love all of you and i appreciate you so much um you can check out my instagram 
down below. It's at Kate Noel, and I also have a Take the Cake Pod Instagram as well. And I also am an eating disorder recovery coach, and you can check out more information on my website, which is also going to be linked in the show notes. Lots of love, and I hope that you have an amazing rest of your day. Bye.